What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Deck the halls with boughs of this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I am very excited to announce that Potterless will be live in Phoenix, Arizona on Wednesday, January 22nd. If you live in the area or somewhere nearby or you just want to make a weekend out of it, come on through. It's going to be super fun. I'm going to have some special guests. We're going to do some amazing Harry Potter shenanigans, much like this Houston live show you're about to hear. So if you want to go and get tickets for that show on the 22nd of January of next year, you can head on over to bit.ly slash PotterlessPHX, all lowercase. Also, I'm not sure if you heard about this the other day, but J.K. Rowling unfortunately tweeted something incredibly saddening, and basically she supported a woman who was openly transphobic, and that effectively confirmed all of our fears is that J.K. Rowling might be transphobic herself, and this is something that I obviously don't stand for, and the Harry Potter community as a whole does not stand for, and I was very outspoken about this. I will continue to be outspoken about this, and thankfully, a lot of other people in the Harry Potter community, whether it was people that were on the show, other podcasts, people that run LeakyCon, so many different Harry Potter entities stood in support of all people, especially trans folks that were hurt by J.K. Rowling's words, and I always want to make sure that here at Potterless we create the safest space possible. Being outspoken about this did bring to light some stuff in recent episodes, so I just want to clear the air that I did not mean any harm towards anybody from Kentucky when we were poking fun at David Yates potentially being from the South. It was just a joke of him having a Southern accent. And also we discussed the appearance of the actor that played Vernon. We were talking about just how he looked in the film, not necessarily how he as a human being looks, but I see how it could have been misconstrued. Basically, I want to make sure that I'm as good as I can be, that Potterless is as good as it can be, and that we don't make the mistakes that JK made. So I'm always here. If you want to talk about anything, shoot an email to potterlesspodcast at gmail.com. Happy to talk, but I am not going to let JK Rowling's bad words soil how I feel about this wonderful community because as far as I'm concerned, the community is what's given Harry Potter this sustained success, and it's not necessarily just JK, and I think that we shouldn't feel bad about liking these books and liking these people and liking the community that we have because so much of it is because of us and not necessarily because of her. So let's just continue to move forward and not worry about her terrible views. You know who doesn't have terrible views? Our new patrons. So shout out to Alexander Pierce, Katie Ricciardi, Natalie88, Eugene Kuzman, Danny B, Stephanie Hyde, Ice Chewing Cheekbones, Sabrina, Ruhan Yan, Meet Riley, Felicitas, Noel Kotalainen, Alicia Lebrun, Nick, Aurora Curland, Emily Mebo, Katrina Andrews, Kota Groman, Amy Hotchkiss, Allison Wall, and Nikki Simmons. Shout out to Kyle O'Rourke for upgrading their pledge, and a huge shout out to our new producer-level patrons, Elizabeth Yu, Britt McLean, Molly Bautista, and Kayla Spry. They join the ranks of Vicky Aaron, Jesse Clark. 
Clown, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Rose, Marie, Marie, Lisa, Romina, Audra, Eleanor, Rossi, and Nikita, Ali, Amelia, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Ingen, Alex, John, Noel, Emily, Liz, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Rory, Gloria, Victoria, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Summer, Andrea, Lynn, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Netta, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Sarah, Marta, Aaron, Eileen, Violet, Lindsay, Keegan, Miranda, Galen, Mr. Folk, Maya, Kieran, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Peter, Skyla, Adele, Professor Threat, Ellie, Daniel, Lee, Lily, Elizabeth, Michael, Tiffany, Kelly, Kerry, Connie, Mary, Jennifer, Jaden, Nedry, Will, Samantha, Kayla, Aurora, Emma, Out of Context, Marcos, Hannah, Courtney, Victoria, Marique, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, Julie, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Anna, Fake, Brianna, Jenny, Sarah, McKenna, Mary, Joy, Heather, Dead, Cat Lady, Javi, Darlene, Brad, Thomas, Charlotte, Brianna, Kevin, Lori, Chrissy, Bugaboo, Jarl, Haley, Emma, Ashley, Peter, Sophie, Jack, Jan, and Nicole, Callahan, Kylo, Leah, Melissa, Jordy, Bella, Melanie, Bill, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Who never miss turns while driving to a party that they're already late for, and then it adds 10 more minutes to their ETA. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus content, like bonus episodes, director's commentary, my notes, exclusive merchandise, discounts on the merch store, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into this episode of Potterless, which is the Houston live show November Nuttiness, guest starring Johnny Frolicstein and Eric Silver. Man, thank you all so much for coming out. Give it up for Horace, everybody. Whoa. One of my favorite podcasts. Oh, those guys are so great. So, as you know, my name is Mike Schubert. Uh, I am a boy that never read the Harry Potter books as a kid, and now I'm doing it. I've read all the books. I'm doing the movies now. And I've got a full breadth of Harry Potter knowledge now. And at this point, I can answer challenging questions, difficult questions about the Harry Potter series. So in preparation for the show, I have decided to figure out who in the series is the most interesting non-essential character. You might be asking, Mike, how are you going to do this? I'll tell you right now. I went on the Sporkle quiz that tells you the top 200 <laughs> Harry Potter mentioned characters. I looked at everybody that was mentioned 250 times or less, and I put them into tiers. There's four divisions, each by the houses. So I've only taken people that could be put into houses. There are some people whose houses were not given, and they were never said. So instead, what I had to do was decide what house they were, but for the most points, pretty easy. Like, Bob Ogden's a Hufflepuff, and there's no debating that he's anything else. So we've done that. We're going to determine who's the most interesting through a, a wonderful bracket that since it's November and not March Madness, we'll be calling November Nuttiness <laughs> to determine the most interesting character. Now, I can't do this alone, obviously. Otherwise, I would just pick Ludo Bagman as first and that would be very unfair. So, I need someone to help me do that. And uh, you, sir, right there. Johnny, you wanna come up on stage really quick to, to help me out with this? Just, I'm so glad that you got a tick. Oh. One of us is going to have to change. <laughs> I don't know how we keep doing this. Hey, editing Mike here, just providing a little context for the laughter. Johnny and I were wearing identical matching pug button-down shirts, hence why all of this was funny. So, Johnny, are you excited to discuss the most interesting non-essential character in the Harry Potter series? 
I kind of want to discuss Daryl Morey's music. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. It's wild. I knew Absolutely he had wild. one. I had no idea the extent of the wildness. Ridiculous. Between now, Kevin Durant being a photographer and Daryl Morey having a musical, I think that rich people can just do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, but true. Now, before we do anything, there is not only a special person in the audience who's now on stage, but there's two very special people in the audience. And those are my parents, Barb and Joel Schubert. Thank you so much, Mom and Dad. Thank you for, for birthing me and making this all happen. I'm very excited because uh, my parents love them to death. They have not listened to an episode of Potterless yet. So this is their first episode of Potterless. And I'm very excited for them because my mom, who Kelly does the same thing, so it's okay, Barb. She's very much like watching a movie or TV just to be like, what, what's that? What are they doing? What's going on? So I'm very excited for me to make obscure references, like talk about Bob Ogden and Ludo Bagman, and everybody laughs. And then Barb turned to Joel and be like, why is that funny? And Joel's going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's going to happen for about an hour, and it's going to be great. <laughs> but I'm very excited. Thank you guys so much for coming. This is great. What a way to enter listening to the podcast. It's like, why are there 125 people here? <laughs> what is going on? This is bonkers. This is my first episode, too. That's I'm not true. <laughs> Come on. So, in order to keep this fair and to have this running as smoothly as possible, we need someone to help moderate the bracket, make sure that we don't go over on time, because we want to be able to open it up for Q&A at the end. So, start thinking of your questions now. Make sure they're good. But we need to make sure someone's keeping us in check. So, who better to keep us in check for a game than someone who professionally runs a game-based podcast? And that is Eric Silver. The horse guy? Yeah, the horse the guy. Horse so, guy? welcome to the stage, Eric Silver, everybody. Oh, Johnny, you didn't ask for a theme song to come out to? <laughs> I'm just pocketing these hundos. That's fine. <laughs> They're all fake, so don't steal them <laughs> so I can do this at other shows. We're going to talk about fake money later in this. Oh, we will be. So, Eric, there's the laptop to keep the bracket thank all together. Thank you, thank you. So there are, there are a few rules that are going to be going down for each round, but I'm going to let Eric take care of keeping us in check, making sure everything goes, and uh, we'll go through little by little to determine who's the most important character. Most well, interesting, non-essential character. Wonderful. Now, Mike, uh, you said that I should have a silly voice for this. I did not, but... Well, I brought a silly voice for this. <laughs> good, good, good. My name is Charles the Gamesman, and I'm here to keep you all in check. Cool. Ha-ha. should have asked Joel to do this. <laughs> well, that's what happens when Joel gets a bigger flow. <laughs> All right, well, we're, gonna st we're going to start with the Gryffindors. So in the first round, we're going to do this really quickly. I'm going to introduce them. You guys are going to argue with yourself, and you need to come up with a consensus of which person wins, or I'm going to ask the audience, and you're going to do an applause meter okay? Yes. So we are going to start with Gryffindor. We're going to go with number one seed, Dean oh, Thomas. Well, before we begin, the, oh, no. the, way that, the way that I did the seeding for all of yes, this important. is by the number of mentions. So if someone like Lucius Malfoy, for example, was mentioned 249 times, he just made the cut of 250. He thus is the number one seed for Slytherin. So the seeding is purely by number of mentions. It does not mean how good that person is. You will understand this why, because the eight seed is Charlie Weasley. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Mike's super into Dean Thomas. All right, we're going to go with Dean Thomas against Charlie Weasley. You have one minute to talk about this person. Go. You know where I stand. I do. <laughs> 
I'm not entire. I think I'm leaning Charlie. Okay. But I think Dean is underrated. I think okay. that in, in book five, Dean is awesome. Dean supports Harry in spite of Seamus not supporting Harry, his best friend. Um, and he's, he totally stands with Harry. And he like defends Lupin and talks about how great of a teacher Lupin was in front mm-hmm. of Umbridge. Yeah. I think that Dean is pretty fiercely loyal. I think he's like prime Gryffindor material. And okay. I think that he might be... See, our criteria is interesting. Okay, so that's why I think I'm. So you're gonna take it all the time. I'll just say, Dean Dragons got, Dean got, uh, Dean Dean got all. Charlie no, Dean got all pissy when Ginny was better at Quidditch than him. Ooh, <laughs> and like, that's not a great look that's for a Dean. Good point. And Charlie's Charlie, just like the untapped potential Toxic of Charlie Weasley. He's not interesting. It's not fun. You know what is Ten Dragons and muscles. That's Charlie Weasley. Dragons, muscles, and a Weasley. They're all good except for Percy. Pretty good odds that Charlie's great too. He gets drunk with Hadrian. Who is the Bill's most interested? Wedding. Who is the most interesting? I think Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Okay. Charlie. Charlie moves on. You guys can win. All right. All right. Next, next matchup. Next. Gryffindor 2 7. Oliver Wood versus Nearly Headless Nick. Let's go. What way to go? I like both of these guys a lot. I think that Nearly Headless Nick is very interesting because of that conversation that he has at the, at the end of book five with Harry about death and stuff. He also invites Harry to the death day party. That's very fun. But Oliver Wood is a babe. So like... So uh. the death day party? I don't, I don't think that's an argument for Nick uh-huh. because I think he sort of guilted Harry into going... Oh, he, like, he did? Hey, oh, you no. You gonna come to my thing? No, oh. you're not gonna come. You gotta come. Yeah, it's basically what I did to Barb and Joel. Hey, guys, I'm doing a live <laughs> podcast. <laughs> People are going to be there. And everyone here is a ghost. <laughs> yeah, and that party was really bad. And that's the worst kind of party where you only know the host, and they don't know anybody else there. And that's the worst kind of party because the host is inherently the busiest, so they're not going to be able to talk to anyone at the party. And I really I really empathize with Oliver Wood as someone who cared way more about Ultimate Frisbee in college than I did about school <laughs> or anything else. So, Ten seconds! It's, yeah. I, I think it's Wood. I think it's Oliver Wood as well. Although nearly had this thing was knighted in uh, life, which is pretty dope. That is dope. All right, who do you choose? Oliver Wood. Wood. Oliver Wood. Bang. <laughs> Let's go. They were less enthused about that conversation. <laughs> Three, six, James Potter versus Angelina Johnson. Angelina Johnson. Fuck James Potter. <laughs> He's a bully. Punching down isn't yeah. cool. No. Punching down is Angelina never cool. Angelina Johnson, easy winner. She should have been the Hogwarts if champion. she's good enough for the Weasley twins, she's good enough for us. Right? Angelina. <laughs> Very good. All right, four, five. Seamus Finnegan versus Lavender Brown. Go. I feel like Seamus. Lavender was weird and gross and so mean to Hermione. About, we're talking about interesting. Right. Lavender is like a super sexist trope. Like, that's yeah. not, in, like, Lavender is just, like, the girl that fawns over the guy. And that's, yes. like, totally dated and not yeah. interesting, whereas Seamus blows stuff up in his face, which is fine, <laughs> and sort of just, like, I don't think he's competing against very much. I also appreciate Seamus's loyalty. I do appreciate that he was, like, just, like, side friend, and then he had the weird, you got the outside perspective of, like, other people's parents not liking Harry and that seeping out. Because I think that's such a thing when you're in middle school is, like, your parents influencing you, like, how some kids are, like, wearing... Some kids like politicians that aren't very nice. Uh, and that doesn't make sense because you're nine and how would you know that? So like, I think that that's an interesting plot point to introduce. So I think Seamus is more interesting and Lavender was mean to Hermione for most of the series. Plus it's always seconds. interesting when you never know if something's gonna blow up in your face. So that's very true. Seamus. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Hufflepuffs. We okay. have the one and the eight. We have uh, some guy named Ludo Bagman. 
versus Justin Finch Fletch. Mike, did you write Ludo Bagman in as already winning? Yes, I did. Mike did. <laughs> Mike, Ludo Mike Bagman sucks. <laughs> Mike, Ludo, I get that he's important he's for the Potterless <laughs> lore and canon and what that your podcast what did Justin because Finch Ludo. Fletchley do? Justin Finch Fletchley. Besides have too many L's in his name. JFF no, but Flinch got Finch into, Fletchley. with great initials, by the way, got into Etten, Et- I don't know, Etten, which is like a Eaton. really, really good school. This okay. is Potterless. I'm going to correct you. In, in England, and somehow convinced his mom to let him go to Hogwarts, where he was going to learn like magic, as opposed to this like literal Harvard. And I don't think his mom was like Felicity Huffman and paid the soccer coach to let him in. <laughs> So what, what I will say on the like legitimate chose to be a wizard instead of being like an elite. I, that's awesome. That is yeah, that is pretty interesting. Ludo is Joe Buck with a gambling addiction. <laughs> oh no! Ludo Bagman is Joe Buck with a gambling Ten addiction. Joe Buck, Joe Buck never played sports ever. That is an insult. I think what's interesting about he also never gambled. Time, time. Who do you choose? Chuck JFF. I, I think we have to go to the audience. All right, audience. A meter. If you want Ludo Bagman, clap now. Uh-oh. <laughs> if you want Justin Finch Fletchley, clap now. Oh! Yeah. oh. You want? Fair and that, square. That is the upset. Ludo Bagman! Uh, all right, well, hey. This is how I get my revenge on Ludo Bagman, <laughs> is I make him lose in the first round. All right, let's Showed move him. on. Now, 2-7. That is two Tonks versus seven Mundingus Fletcher. Mundungus Fletcher. Mundungus Fletcher. Keep miscorrecting Mundangus Fletcher. Mundangus. Mundia, what sometimes why is Fletcher? I, I think Mundungus is very interesting. It's a shame that he faced Tonks in this first round because I think he could go far. Just to have like a weird crook, very low stakes criminal like Joe Pesci from Home Alone in the Harry Potter series. I but, think it's very fun. But in my mind, Tonks is just cool. Whereas Mundungus is like the shitty guy on your side who's like, here's chatter on the streets and like, ah, that's awesome. I feel like Mundungus- I think he's more interesting. I feel like it would have been more interesting if he actually contributed anything. The only thing he contributed was like oh, yeah. being imperious by Snape to come up with the Seven Potter's idea. Like accidentally even... stole a Horcrux from- Yeah. From, yeah. I, it, like he never actually actively did anything interesting. The one close thing was Snape made him do it. Uh, and, and I think I'm desensitized he, to Tongs because she's so central. Right, yeah. I think she's very Ten cool. Seconds. Metamorphosis is fun. The whole Lupin thing is very interesting. So I feel like she's a much more interesting character. There's depths to her. She has the whole sad phase, her blue period. Uh, All right. Who do you choose? I think Tongs. I, I'm going to stick to my, my, gu- my Mun Guns disc. <laughs> All right. All right, we're doing another thing in the audience. If you want Tongs to move on, clap now. <laughs> All right. His name, his name should have been Mundungus. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to three versus six. Three, <laughs> Ernie McMillan and six, Bob Ogden. Go. Uh, I'm going to go to the mat for Bob Ogden here. The homie wore a one-piece male striped bathing suit and a trench coat because he thought that's what muggles wore. And I'm wearing that for Halloween next year, and you all should do it too. And and the fact that he wore that implies that he's pure blood because he doesn't know how to dress as right. a muggle. And yet, when what's his face, Gaunt Marvolo, what's yeah. his name, mm-hmm. uh, asks him asks him what blood status he is, he's like, doesn't matter. Which is oh, like, that's awesome. That is good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Ernie McMillan sucks. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> how did I? I've was, never physically beaten up anybody. I would give him a swirly. I, I, <laughs> I would give Ernie McMillan a swirly. There was honestly, when I was putting this list together, I had all the numbers, and he was mentioned like 150 times. I was like, how? What did Ernie do besides like think Harry was guilty in book two? And that was like about it. 
I guess there was a lot of pages where he thought he was guilty. But yeah, I think Bob Ogden takes this one. Or his undershirt tucked in. All right, Bob Ogden takes it. I do like when you say put this together, you mean copy from Sporkle. I didn't (laughs) copy from Sporkle. I had to make a spreadsheet and then a whole bracket, which we decided made more sense to not. Exported from Sporkle. (laughs) All right, we're going to do four or five finishing off Hufflepuff. We got four. Panoma Sprout versus Amos Diggory. A go. <sighs> Wait, are we not talking about Amos Diggory from the, just from the books, not from the play? Oh, right, yes. Well, so, that, that would only make him lose more certainly. Because yeah, in the play, he's basically sprout. like, remember how my son died and I didn't care about it for 30 years? Now I care. I'm Amos Diggory. Don't see Cursed Child. Um, <laughs> it's definitely Sprout. I've never read a fan I fiction. I'm like, just I'm not a fan fiction person. You sure, you're not. But I would. <laughs> but I I would read one about like her hanging out with some other teachers like McGonagall and her and canon like, wife, IT. her wife, her can- Madam Hooch, her totally canon, canon wife, Madam Hooch. All Amos Diggory has is my <laughs> which isn't even in the like. That's a whole movie thing. Yeah, I no Amos. I don't like Amos. He bre- he does the whole like he's the overbearing coach at a baseball game who like is way too. He's living vicariously through his son. He's Proud of like, your way son. Too hyped. Like my dad can relate with this because my dad was the actual coach. But you have like some parents that are like yelling things. Like Tim Barrett's dad would be like, "You gotta put Tim fourth in the batting." Or it's like Tim Barrett is batting 180 on the season, Mr. Barrett. He does not need to be batting four. And then Tim Barrett's dad is like, "My." <laughs> All right, well, can you stop ripping Tim Barry and tell me what it is? Sprout, right? Sprout, All right, yeah, yeah. cool. All right, now we're done with Hufflepuff. Let's move on to that other house people like, I guess. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. <laughs> Ooh, good All Ravenclaw. All right, number one, Cho Chang versus eight, Kingsley Shacklebolt. We are not, cons- <laughs> we are not considering dogs, just people. <laughs> Go. I think it's a no-brainer, Kingsley. This is one he was not officially listed as a house, but like he always wears blue. He's very smart in the way he does things. He's very calculated. I think he's Ravenclaw. I was flabbergasted that he was only mentioned in the books like 75-ish times. It's bonkers. It's not enough. And Cho Chang, I feel bad for her, and like there should have been more things. There should have been like a guidance counselor at Hogwarts, maybe. Um, but I still don't think Cho Chang is very interesting. I, it's not her fault that she's not interesting. It's mainly narrator Harry being like, "Oh man, Cho's crying. I'm gonna stop paying attention to her." <laughs> the only thing I wrote in my notes was that nobody names their dog Cho Chang. I don't think. <laughs> um, but the other thing about Kingsley is that in the same way that Snape was a double agent, Kingsley was a double agent when the ministry was not on yeah. the same side yeah. between the order and the ministry. He was like doing right. a ministry job to its full extent yeah. while also working for the order, which is mad dope. So he I did, think it's yeah, totally he Kingsley. Yeah, do it multiple times. So yeah, I think Kingsley. That's no conversation. Kingsley, bang. All right, we got another one, two, seven. This is Phileas Flitwick versus Madame Pomfrey. A go. This one's really hard. This one's really hard. I like Madame Pomfrey a lot. I think she's incredibly underrated. I think... The job that she has to do has to be the hardest thing because you are the healer at the school inherently where people don't know what they're doing. It's like if you were at the medic at the circus for the chainsaw juggling people that are just starting. Like, these wizards have wants that can do l- almost anything and then you, you're like, okay, you're in charge of the medical for that. Oh, I can't overstate how important her job is. I agree, this is really hard, but like... Flitwick was a dueling champion. You remember that? And and consider dueling for a moment. In a duel, you have seconds because you might die. (laughs) 
And so to be a champion at that means you've done it a lot, which means you've taken that risk a lot, which is crazy interesting. Also, apparently, when they practice this, the banishing spell, which is like the opposite of Accio, yes. Neville sends him flying across the room, which is crazy interesting. <laughs> um, All right, who? More interesting. What do you got? I'm going with Pomfrey. I, I hate that it's against Fluick, but I think she's got a slight edge. That's them, Flitwick. Okay, let's All go. Right, let's ask them. If you want Flitwick to move on, clap your hands. Okay, okay. It sounds like one person was just really loud. If you want <laughs> Madam Pomfrey to move on, clap your hands. <laughs> Shout out to all my pre-meds. <laughs> Sorry to that one person. <laughs> all right, we got That's three. Stephen Flitwick, Flitwick's <laughs> son. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that guy we were bagging on? Is that Steve Barrett? No, Tim Barrett. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know his name for jokes later. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to go 3-6. Xenophilius Lovegood versus Garrick Ollivander. Go. Here's the thing is, like, I think Ollivander is creepy, but I think he's incredibly interesting. And here's what's interesting about these two lining up is that they're both snitches, but... <laughs> But Ollivander, like, didn't, like, give up Harry. He just, like, involuntarily gave his brain away to Voldemort, whereas Xenophilius, like, it was to get his daughter back, so it's very hard, but, like, he did snitch. And, look, there's few rules that I will not go against, but, yes, as many people are whispering, snitches get stitches. <laughs> but in my mind, so in my mind, like, Ollivander was tortured and gave correct information, and he, there was nobody else at risk, whereas Xenophilius was saving someone else at risk, which it was, it was his daughter, right. right? And I think that he's also really interesting because he was running the like underground sort of resistance magazine, which was right. really interesting yeah, yeah. to me. He did wear a yellow me, suit at his the His quote about too. like the great but terrible is just like, you know, like Hitler's a bad guy, but it'd be pr like kind of crazy if he was in power. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> no, choose. 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 You have one minute, choose. Uh, what if? Who, who are you thinking? Zena Villiers, I think. All right, let's go to the crowd. I think. I think. Uh, Olivander. All right, if you want Love Good to move on, Love Good and clap your hands. Okay, okay, okay. If you want Olivander to go on to the next round, clap your hands. I'm giving that to Olivander. Sorry. Okay, okay. It's a close one. It's a close one. but great. They're going to lose to Kingsley anyway, so like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> All right, so we got a rhyming one because Mike loves to rhyme. This is Professor Quirrell against Moaning Myrtle. Ah. That kind of rhymed. Go. <sighs> this, I don't know. I'm a Myrtle guy. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Myrtle, for like, as sort of annoying and frustrating as she is in the books is like genuinely really tragic, like True. consistently bullied. And then she was fucking murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and then she chose to be a ghost, which as we know is like a really weighty decision that like, right. there's a lot going into that. Like you didn't feel fulfilled in your life. Mm -hmm. And so like, man, that's like, that's really deep. I don't know for as sort of like of a caricature of just being someone who cries a lot and is annoying. Like I think Myrtle is really interesting. Yeah. Also Myrtle was like a key plot point in the second book to like figuring out what happened and I've already forgotten who the other person is. That's how uninteresting they are. <laughs> Professor Quirrell. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he was a plot point, but he, he went just to like Albania. A he's just a vessel for Voldemort. I don't know what he did besides, like, wear a turban and, like, be timid. Yikes. <laughs> Choose. I, I'm going with Myrtle. Yeah. Sweet. Mur Myrtle moves on. Myrtle. All right, we are done with Ravenclaw, and we are moving on to Slytherin. Yeah. which I have no opinions about. 
All right, one versus eight. Lucius Malfoy versus Salazar Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin is super racist. And that's his only <laughs> thing. That's it. So he loses. Okay. Lucius Wait, Malfoy. Lucius Malfoy? <laughs> Lucius Malfoy is like, he's like similar to like the, 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 the Trump people that are not in his good graces anymore. He's like he's like Rex Tillerson or like or John Bolton, where it's like he was in and then he really screwed up in the eyes of the person. And, and now, now he's, he's out. out. Yeah. And you're like, maybe he'll turn around. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> I love our Secretary of Energy, Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do two very good guys. All right, let's do two seven. We're going with Goyle versus Narcissa Malfoy. I don't think Goyle does anything interesting. He's just number two because it was he's always in the same sentence. Narcissa has the interesting thing at the end where she like whispers to Harry and checks in on Draco and like basically turns on the Death Eaters. I think that's a way more interesting than just like Malfoy henchman number one. He's a hired goon. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like Narcissa Malfoy is like She's got the Cersei Lannister thing going where it's like, I care more about the kid than the cause, and that's really cool. Right. I know that reference a lot. <laughs> Goddardless coming 2025. <laughs> yeah, Narcissa. All right, cool. So let's go on to uh, Crab. I don't know how Goyle was mentioned more than Crab. That's so It's because Crab dies. Uh oh. <laughs> well, you just said the whole thing. Crab was shitty, and then he dies. <laughs> All right, Crab is going against Phineas Nigelis. Nigelis, baby! All he's right. very interesting. He's sassy. He's an old man. He's a painting. He snoops around <laughs> and stuff. It's great. I don't, like, he's phenomenal. I'm I, sold. Yeah, I'm sold. Crab yeah, was shitty, and then he dies. <laughs> Crab is bad, and then dies. Bang, bang, this is moving on. All right, final one of the first round. Bellatrix Lestrange versus Rita Skeeter. Go. So I... I think Rita Skeeter is more interesting because the what she plays is like the allegory of like unjust and corrupt journalism. I think is more interesting than Bellatrix because she's just like unhinged evil, which it's interesting I think to have in the books, but like it's been done a lot before. And I think having a character that like explicitly is like twisting the words of a youth and putting it into what's basically a propaganda newspaper, I think is a very interesting thing. And she like keeps coming up. She's an animagist, which is fun. She gets like trapped and tortured by Hermione, which is a whole nother wrinkle. Like I think Bellatrix is just like kind of like she's just like Voldemort light, like Voldemort without really an agenda. She's just like, ah, and that's I don't find as interesting. Yeah, I, I think you sold me on the it's been done argument because I was going to make the argument that the sort of unhinged, crazy, like pointless evil yeah. is really cool. But then you said it's been done and I realized, oh, that's just the yeah, Joker. Yeah, like we already have Starscream in the Decepticons. <laughs> like, I oh, get and that and it's just like, nah. <laughs> All right, very good. We got Rita Skeeter <laughs> moving on. And that, let's all laugh at that as we go into the end of round one. Ha, ha, ha. Very round good. One. All right. Okay, so now we're into round two. As we're getting further on, we have a new constraint here. Each of you only has ten words to argue about what <laughs> you need. So please keep it right and keep it tight. <laughs> okay, we have a back in the Gryffindor quadrant. We have number eight seed Charlie Weasley going up against number two seed Oliver Wood. Ten words each. Okay. Charlie's good at Quidditch. But also, he works with dragons. <laughs> Wood is good at Quidditch, and that's all we know. <laughs> I'm with you, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Weasley. Charlie. <laughs> this is a good round. <laughs> all right, friends. Let's go to Angela Johnson versus... Angelina. <laughs> you All right, Potterless. 
Angelina Johnson versus Seamus Finnegan. All Seamus does is mess up magic and be Irish? <laughs> Would, Seamus wouldn't leave Hogwarts until after Dumbledore's funeral. But Angelina. <laughs> you had two more words. I don't know. I think he did that in eight. I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that to my good friend in the pug shirt over here. <laughs> well, do we disagree? Do we I think I think Angelina still. Okay. That was a lot of words. All right. <laughs> I, so for these rounds, you're gonna have to go off of what of they say, which had the more convincing arguments. So who thought that Angelina was better argued for? Clap your hands. All right, so Seamus won. I mean, all I did was shit talk Seamus, so that's valid. <laughs> it's like the Dem candidates who are like, Trump sucks, vote for me. <laughs> for a moment there, I'm like, did I make a bad joke? And I'm like, no, that no. was Mike. It was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go down to Hufflepuff. We got JFF, Justin Finch Fletchley, our repeat little bagman, against Tonks. Go. Tonks married Lupin. Despite ages. Tonks looks however she wants. <laughs> Justin knows what it's like to be petrified for a while. <laughs> so does Colin Creevy and Mrs. Norris. Well, they're not in this, are they? Uh, Tonks is moving on. Yeah. All right, we got number six seed Bob Ogden against number four seed Panoma Sprout. Ooh. Ogden wore funny clothes. Nice. <laughs> but Sprout did uh, much more. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> all right. Good one. Uh, all right, I'm putting in Sprout there. Yeah, Very ten good. Ten words. <laughs> one word. <laughs> You're not gonna, those nine words don't roll over. <laughs> this isn't like this a isn't singular wireless. I, just, it's not a phone plan in 2003. <laughs> it's not even the weekend, it's barely it, nights. It's funny that you mentioned that because Barb and I, we share a data plan, and for some reason, because I think we did lock this in when it was still singular, not ATT, we still do get data rollover. So if there's ever a month where Barb and I just like use a lot of Wi Fi and not data, they'll be like, hey, you got like three extra gigs. It's like, yeah, let's watch Netflix on the subway. <laughs> and then what do you say? <laughs> and then he says, anyway, Harry Potter. I reply, like, cool, mom, have fun. <laughs> You're in New York? <laughs> No subway here. <laughs> no, she's, she's, at, she's, she's at the at chain of She's at a subway. Barb would never be caught dead at a subway. <laughs> she has good sandwich standards. No, she's housing a veggie delight <laughs> and watching, watching one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to uh, Ravenclaw. And we got Kingsley versus Pomfrey. Oh, man. Okay. Sorry, I'm imagining your mom okay. eating Kingsley a was again. a double agent and then became... Magic minister. <laughs> Movie Kingsley said, gotta admit it, Dumbledore has got style. <laughs> Those are both for Kingsley. Kingsley Shocker. Yeah, Kingsley. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's move on. We got Ollivander against Moaning Myrtle. Also, if you want to make moaning noises, that's one word. <laughs> Myrtle, kind of creepy. Ollivander, 
also creepy. <laughs> but he knows stuff. <laughs> Myrtle mm-hmm. didn't get the chance to learn stuff, then died. <laughs> so is that Olivander? No, it's just a bad attempt. <laughs> I, I ran out of words. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm voting over. I thought over. I had over. <laughs> no, I explicitly said you did not. We made a whole bit of yeah, it. Then we talked for it. Then we talked about it a lot. All right, Ollivander is moving on. Cool, Let's cool. go to the Slytherins. This is Malfoy v. Malfoy. We got Lucius against Narcissa. <sighs> Lucius is so bad. How bad is he? <laughs> Don't answer the trap. <laughs> oh, blast. That it's comical and interesting. Narcissa has clear priorities and she sticks to them. That was like eight. When it, <laughs> I think narcissism was interesting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's I go think with that narcissism. that one little thing she does is outweighs everything Lucius did over the course of years. I, I'm giving too much at. credit to the actor that played Lucius in the movies, yeah. Jeremy Irons, <laughs> Jason, Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. I always flip him with the scar guy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it when Malfoy's like, "Be prepared." <laughs> That's my favorite part of the movies. You haven't gotten there yet. You haven't watched it, but it definitely happens. It was sick. <laughs> All right, well, let's do uh, Phineas Nigelis against Rita Skeeter as the last one of the 10 word round. Nigelis talks Harry through not leaving St. Mungo's book five. Oh, someone in the back really liked that. <laughs> Nigelis has his shtick, and I appreciate the dedication there. Do we agree? Yes, I think Phineas Nigelis. Oh, so Nigelis. <laughs> As a past improviser, I like, like, you have your character, now don't ever stray from it. What is the core thing? And Nigelis is like, everyone get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> all right, well, that is the end of round two. Congratulations. Whew. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Oh, past Mike and past Johnny, these first two rounds are very good, but you got to take a little bit of a break because me, editing Mike, along with special guest... Editing Johnny! ...are here for a little bit of Wingardium Hedridosa! Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Buffy. Let's say hypothetically that you did a live show for your podcast in Houston, Texas, and it was great, and you stayed out after at the bar with some other listeners or the show, and you got to meet a whole bunch of new people, and then you drove home all the way to your parents' place in the suburbs of Houston, and you were very tired, and you wanted to go to sleep, but how are you going to make sure that your sleep is good and really comfortable and wonderful? You're going to get some sheets from Buffy. Johnny, you know Buffy for their super soft comforters, right? Oh, yeah. But did you know they also now have naturally dyed eucalyptus sheets? Naturally dyed eucalyptus sheets. That's true. They have breathable, super soft eucalyptus sheets in colors. They've got a nice little pink one that Kelly and I have that's dyed with pomegranates, and then they also have a gray that's dyed with turmeric. I've been wanting a floral sheet to replace my lavender sheet. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that these sheets are dyed with plant-based stuff is really good, because did you know the average dye has petroleum in it? That's not ideal. Petroleum? Yeah, I don't want that on my my skin. (laughs) 
Everything that they have is made from ultra smooth eucalyptus fiber that feels softer than cotton. You know how cotton's already really soft? I know how cotton's already really soft. Now they've made stuff that is softer than cotton. No. Yes. No, yes, no, they, they have. No, come on. <laughs> but not only is it softer than cotton, it's also more earth friendly. It's sourced from renewable forests. It consumes 10 times less water to grow and it's transformed into an ultra smooth fiber through a waste free production process. Perfect. It's a perfect sheet. And I am not the only person that loves them. Kelly's not the only person that loves them. Johnny's not the only person that loves them. They have over 20,000 five-star reviews with an average overall rating of 4.6 stars, so you can believe the hype. They also offer a free trial, free shipping, and free returns, so you can try their products on your bed for free before you commit. And if you don't love it, just return it at no cost. But you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Real talk, the sheets are fantastic. As I've said, for all of these ad reads, I sweat all the time in my sheets. I'm here home for Christmas. I'm going to be sweating in Barb and Joel's sheets because they're not as good. I missed my sheets already and I've only been in Texas for three days. If this sounds interesting to you, listener at home, you are in luck because you can get $20 off your Buffy betting if you go to Buffy.co. $20. $20 if you $20. go to Buffy.co and enter the code Potterless. Again, save 20 bucks if you go to Buffy.co and enter the promo code Potterless at checkout. So do that, Buffy.co, use the code Potterless, save 20 bucks and sleep in some nice, cool, amazing, environmentally friendly, beautiful sheets today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% right off your first purchase right by going to arenaclub.com slash Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is Bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's a slash club.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. That's a wild collection of cards for some packs in a more transparent way. That's Arena Club. Sports nerds, Pokemon nerds, all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What are the matchups? Who do we have left? So no, we'll, we'll, we'll learn. We'll learn. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I want to be surprised. We are in the final round of each house. Okay. Uh, we're going to do uh, for the final round of each house. You're going to make an acrostic of their name. <laughs> Johnny, I told you about this earlier. I can't believe you're acting the surprise. <laughs> I forgot about the rollover. I forgot about the acrostic. <laughs> That's true. Does everyone know what acrostic is? It's like if it was if Viner wasn't acrostic, it'd be like very irresponsible, not existing, right? Viner. <laughs> you are taking the letters from their name and turning it into a sentence or just a collection of words because this is hard. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go with Charlie or Weasley versus Seamus. Okay, so I will be doing Charlie. Cool, hot, awesome, really likable, easy yes. <laughs> is that C-H-R-L-E-Y? This is also a spelling me. Oh, it's L-I-E. Oh, L-I-E, yes. Likeable, interesting, extremely. <laughs> All right, Seamus, I will give you the spelling. Uh, S-E-A-M-U-S. Or Charlie, again. Sometimes excitable. And mostly unnecessary, Seamus. <laughs> so Charlie? Yeah. Charlie, okay. Charlie. <laughs> All right, Charlie is the winner of House Gryffindor. Yeah. Wow. Shocker. Good for Charlie. I, mean, I will say, when I was putting this together, the Gryffindor quadrant was the weakest of all of them because all of the interesting ones get mentioned way more than 250 <laughs> times because Harry doesn't have any other friends besides Gryffindor. No, you don't notice, but Ron, most of the time, they're just like, oh, that guy. <laughs> I'm still baffled that Ron gets mentioned more times in the series than Hermione by like a thousand. It's That's bonkers. That's wild. It's called institutional sexism. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right, or just let's... Harry being a dingus. <laughs> yeah, either one. Um, we got Tonks. Are they not the same? <laughs> In the Hufflepuff house, we have Tonks versus Sprout. Mm. <sighs> Terrific. <laughs> Didn't think about it words. <laughs> Onerous? That's a bad word. <laughs> Never needs to worry about her hair? <laughs> <laughs> the hyphenated good. <laughs> Kidding and seriously cool. Tonks. There you go. I'm so Tonks. bad at this. I will do my reaction to Tonks dying, which was tragic. Oh no. Killed? Seriously, JK? <laughs> like both Tonks and Lupin? Come on, why? So yeah, I think Tonks. All right. <laughs> Tonks is the winner of House Hufflepuff. Yay. Good for Tonks. Oh, good. My silly voice is back. I was wondering where that went. Uh, Kingsley versus <laughs> Ollivander. Single-handedly happened and... What are you doing? I'm trying to do Shacklebolt. Oh. Because <laughs> it's a more fun word. Uh, okay, well, I vote Kingsley. <laughs> Odd... Lizard-like. 
imaginative, very awkward. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dreary. Envious. And really old. <laughs> Olivandro. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny did do his. I can I can do I'll I'll do Shacklebolt. I, I want Kingsley to win anyway. Okay, I'll right, just do thing. Kingsley. Kingsley is the winner from House Ravenclaw. Yeah. I want to do it. Super <laughs> Super hot. Why not? Awesome, cool. Kids like everyone, but obviously love that guy. <laughs> Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you are an improviser. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, finally, we're going to have the face-off for Slytherin. We have Narcissa or Malfoy uh, against Nigelis. Phineas Nigelis Either Nigelis or, or Phineas. We're not doing or black. Or black. <laughs> we are not doing black. It would have been fun if this was Malfoy versus Malfoy, because <laughs> then they would the audience would have been like, which one are they talking about? <laughs> Nearly always really caring instead supporting Slytherin actors. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I will say mother, always loving, fearless on Yelp. <laughs> Ye old Hogwarts battle. <laughs> Very good. You guys both did Narcissus and Narcissa Malfoy is the winner of House hey, Slytherin. Hey. So that's the final four now. We're in the final four. Yes, right. and we're going inter-house. So this one, you two have to rhyme. Hmm. Everything should be rhyming. So I've never done improv in my life, <laughs> and he is the Michael Jordan of improv <laughs> in that he got cut from the freshman improv team. <laughs> Wait, this is actually true. I know. I did not make Rice's improv team the first three times I auditioned. So Yeah, the freshman, sophomore, <laughs> and junior, junior improv team. Yeah. Listen, you just got to rhyme. I believe in you. Cool. All right, so it is Charlie Weasley versus Tonks. Uh, Charlie Weasley has great potential. Being left out of the books will drive me mental. But if I'm being honest and true, I should pick Tonks, though it's hard to do. Beautiful. <laughs> Charlie hangs out with dragons, and if you do that, you definitely have to drink from a lot of flagons. True. But you're right. Tonks is the one. She can change her hair. That's really fun. It is. Hey. <laughs> Look at bang, you. Bang. I think we chose Tonks, and we're also proud of Johnny. <laughs> the good thing about this is you only have to do it one more time. There you go. <laughs> right. Imagine if this was round one. <laughs> I would have left. So would have they. <laughs> ah, God, the podcast is fine, but this is annoying. All right, we have Kingsley Shacklebolt versus Narcissa Malfoy. <sighs> okay. Rhyme, please. I have to pick Kingsley Shacklebolt. He tricked people in the ministries from smart to dolt. He had everybody fooled, even Umbridge when at the school. Kingsley also wears cool hats 
and there's nothing topping that. (laughs) (laughs) We've only talked about one thing related to Narcissa, and that thing's huge, you can't miss a, but, (laughs) but, Kingsley ends up in charge of the ministry, meaning that he's in all the wizard books of history. Oh. Which is a slant rhyme. (laughs) I'll take it. But I'm having a fun time. Hey! It's Kingsley! Kingsley! Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, very good, you guys. All right, we are down to the final challenge this is the final match in the what did we end up calling this? november nuttiness the november nuttiest tournament <laughs> everybody give it up it's a terrible name this is very serious right. so here's how we're gonna do we're gonna do a very quick formal debate uh i like formal debate uh, i need both of you to pick a number between one and ten i pick seven i pick six I picked three, so Johnny is closest. Johnny, which would you like to have, Tonks or Kingsley? I think that for... No, Kingsley. <laughs> I don't have to rhyme anymore. I forgot. Okay. That's, very, you, <laughs> that's very good. All right, you have Kingsley, and Mike has Tonks. I have Tonks. I'm, I'm also going to stand up for this. It's the finals. <laughs> you want. You can stand. It's a very comfy chair. Johnny, are you just going to kick it's a it? a lot of bravado there. <laughs> what are you making up for here? Your lack of Lincoln-Douglas debate skill? No, I did Lincoln-Douglas debate in my speech class once in St. Thomas High School, and I won. My record is one and zero, unless you count the Lincoln-Douglas debate. I lost to Lauren Shippen <laughs> I was in going, Seattle. I was going to count that. <laughs> then I'm one and one. I'm zero and zero, baby. Game oh, on. Whoa. Oh, unproven. Let's see what happens. All right. You have 30 seconds to make an opening statement because you lost. Mike, Tonks, go. I think that Tonks is the choice here because we learn more about her throughout the series. She's throughout it in a more complete manner. We learn what she's like just as a friend to Harry. We learn what she's like as a lover to Lupin. We were, we briefly learn what she's like as a mother. Well, you know, we see like her her emotional side. Like Kingsley is cool and is very cool, but it's a little one dimensional. It's just like, we see him being cool and that's it. We see Tonks being happy. We see Tonks being sad. We see Tonks mourning the loss of Sirius. We see Tonks being in love with Lupin. We see Tonks like struggling with dealing with him, not and reciprocating it. And I think she goes through a lot. I'm docking you one point because you said lover and everyone was uncomfortable. That's fair. That's fair. And especially your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Joel and Barb. All right. <laughs> Johnny, compose yourself. <laughs> and you have 30 seconds to, for your opening statement about Kingsley. Go. So I think that Kingsley Shacklebolt is more interesting precisely because we know less about him. What we know about him is very cool in that he becomes Minister of Magic. He works for the Order as a double agent towards the Ministry. And yet we don't know a lot about his past. And I think that's really compelling because we really didn't get to learn about somebody who ends up rising so high on the good side in the wizarding world. And yet we can sort of, it's up to our imagination to figure out what Kingsley was doing beforehand and then obviously what he did after the war um, as minister. And time. Very good. 
All right, Mike, give me the most uh, the most important thing to know about Tonks for her being the most interesting. You have 30 seconds. Go. I think she gives us a look into people that we don't see. We don't know any other metamorph magises except for Tonks. We don't know of any good Slytherins except for her mom, Andromeda. And we don't learn a lot about muggles that are married to wizard uh, parents, so her father, Ted. Through Tonks, we get insight into a lot of characters and like an outside world that you don't get to see in the books yet. And I think that that is an interesting thing to bring into the series is expanding more world building. She also opens the door for the Teddy Lupin spinoff story, which we all need. And time. Uh, Johnny, would you like to cross-examine Michael Schubert? So... No, I mean I don't want to. I don't want to dish on Tonks. I don't want to do that. It's okay. <laughs> Make fun of me. <laughs> Look at those pants. No. Um, <laughs> Look at that shirt. <laughs> he said lover earlier. <laughs> what are you, Taylor Swift? <laughs> what are you, Russell Westbrook? <laughs> no, if I was Taylor Swift, I wouldn't be able to make Ludo Bagman jokes because Scooter, what's his face, would own my old joke content. <laughs> Great. For all my Swifties in the crowd. <laughs> Johnny, do you, would you like to say something? Yeah, no, so I mean, in terms of the most important thing to know about Kingsley, he is probably the person who fucks up the least in the entire series. Valid. Um, <laughs> Kingsley was so good at his job that as a double agent for the ministry, he got a, well, I guess he wasn't really a double agent at that point, but he got, he got assigned to be the prime minister's, uh, like the muggle prime minister's uh, security detail. Yeah. And then he was so good at that that the prime minister was mad that he, <laughs> that he wasn't going to be that anymore. He, like um, when he's talking to uh, Scrimgeour, he's like, well, I hope you're not talking about taking away Kingsley Shacklebolt. He's the best I've got. And he's like, yeah, he's a fucking wizard. <laughs> and um, time. Good. Mike, would you like to cross-examine Johnny and not be like nice about it? <laughs> no, because his arguments were solid. Um... I think I will just say that, like, Kingsley is incredibly interesting. He's very good at his job, but I think seeing Tonks's real human emotions and her shortcomings, like, she's more of a relatable character that you can see yourself in. Like, you can see her struggles and see her failures and, and see, like, more than just Kingsley being incredibly competent. Um, I can't see myself in that <laughs> too much. But, like, being able to see someone that's going through a couple different rough stuff, like death in a family, person that doesn't like them back, et cetera, et cetera, I think that that is just a more interesting window than somebody who's just, like, perfect at his job. But he's all also perfect at... Quips and one-liners with his uh, Dumbledore's gust <laughs> or whatever he says. Well, I'm gonna give you a chance to make your closing statements for everybody to take in. Uh, so, Johnny, why don't you go ahead? I've had a lot of fun tonight, <laughs> and you know, whatever happens, uh, I, I went out swinging, and so <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity to be up here. Defending Kingsley Shacklebolt, my favorite character in the whole series, as of three minutes ago. <laughs> and you can't deny, Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> Mike, would you like to say your final words? Yeah, I'm proud of us that Tonks and Kingsley being the final, I think, is the best case we could have done, even with such ridiculous rules. Like, I think we made it at the right decision. I think they're both super interesting. I think that it's just like, much like the fault of Charlie Weasley, Kingsley is just not in there enough for to go over the edge, whereas, like, I think Tonks has so much going on. She also, like, says, watch her, Harry, which is very fun. I like that she has a catchphrase and is very British. 
So it's unfortunate that we don't get more Kingsley, but I think by Tonks being in there more, we get to learn more, and it makes her a little bit more interesting. If we're going by who is more interesting, I think Tonks has a little bit more going on. Wonderful, wonderful. You've all made uh, amazing points here today, and I think if everyone would like to give our debaters a round of applause. <laughs> now, as a magical game master, I wish that I was the final judge and jury of this, but much like the immortal game American Idol. <laughs> you have to call in to 1888. <laughs> <laughs> Text Mike if you want to talk to him. But it has we'll to be back in. after 38 commercial breaks. <laughs> 832 Wizard On. <laughs> And Ruben Stuttered, come on out. Girl, this is my sorry phone. Okay. Are we done? Are we done with the American Idol thing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna come down to a final fan vote. So remember, we're gonna go Tonks first, and then Kingsley. Uh, which person argued the person the best? Who should win the November nuttiness bracket? Okay. Now, who thinks that Tonks should win the November nutties bracket? Clap your hands. <laughs> Gonna be close. It's gonna be really close. That was pretty chunky. It's uh, a regular thing people say. I don't know what you're talking about. And which of you thinks that Kingsley Shacklebolt should win the November Nuttiest Bracket? Clap your hands. Oh, I think a resounding, with a resounding this much to this much, Tonks is the winner of the November Nuttiest Bracket. Hufflepuff, you did it! Hufflepuff! 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 And this was the only time that ever happened. <laughs> All right, so we've got some time before they kick us out. So we're going to open it up to Q&A. To make it the easiest, we'll just like raise hands. You yell it. We'll repeat the question, make sure everyone does it. And we'll do this for like 15 minutes. And then afterwards, uh, we'll leave. There's merch in the back if you want to get some merch. And then we'll, at least Eric and I, Johnny, I hope you could come too. We're going to head to a bar nearby. It was called... No, I got a thing. Oh, <laughs> sorry. We're going to go to Woodrow's so you can go yeah. talk to us there. But yeah, if anyone has questions about Harry Potter, the podcast, just stuff for us, hit us up. I always like to open these up to Q&A at the end. Yeah. So as we do the Potter's Q&A, just like raise your hand, say your name, say what house you're in. And if you're in Slytherin, you must clarify that you're not racist. Uh, <laughs> if you are racist, I will not field your question. I'm very sorry. Sure. Um, so yeah, you had your hand up first. Thank you. This is a great question. That was Shiv. <laughs> Shiv asked me if I had kalaches. And where did I have it from? If uh, I had it from Kalache, Kalache, Kalachi Factory? Yes, Factory. Which was delicious. I had the, the one with the hot dog in it with the cheese. So like a then, standard sausage and cheese. And then... And then I also had the one with the ranchero, which was the egg, cheese, egg, cheese, ham, and jalapenos. Yes. I knew I was in for a good day because I had the jalapeno. And I'm like, oh, this is actually spicy. Mm. That's right, I'm in Texas. <laughs> I gave him the full kalachi spectrum. <laughs> Great question. I think someone over here at their end is yes. What's up, Sydney? Hello. Sydney and I were lifeguards together at Rice. <laughs> Sydney said, "I'll just, I'll just do it. So you go, don't go, have to worry go, go, about go, 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 it." Sydney go. said, and she was lifeguards with Mike. Uh, <laughs> that was her house. Uh, she <laughs> Tudor Field House. Yeah. Uh, she said, have any of us ever performed in front of our parents? And if, uh, like what Mike's doing now and how we felt about it. 
I have performed in front of my parents before. I was at the improv team at Rice, and they were very avid supporters, came to a bunch of shows, which was very fun. Uh, I've also done just like regular improv in front of them, which is like, if you can do that, you can do anything. <laughs> so doing this, I felt pretty good. The only nervousness was like, I try to keep my cursing to a minimum, but also like on stage in front of my parents was like, you're gonna keep the lips zipped tonight, Mike. <laughs> so wasn't nervous, but I wanted to be my best well-behaved boy. <laughs> um. And then to answer your question, in the seventh grade, I soloed in Conjunction Junction in Schoolhouse Rock, the musical. And, and I couldn't stop laughing. So I didn't really sing. I just sort of giggled my way through it. <laughs> what, what was your function? Hooking up words and phrases in clauses, Eric. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Uh, let's see, I performed in front of my mom. She came to, uh, I did a show in Nashville, and we did something called DDR, which is a Dungeons & Dragons variant where we play ourselves in the game. But I was the Dungeon Master, so I was this very evil, like, maniacal, Dungeon Master that just wants you to play the game! <laughs> and, which is very similar to the voice I did now. She, I think she was really fun. She didn't really understand what was happening, but being able to do the D&D stuff in front of her, she was like, you made funny voice and you made people laugh, and that's what mattered. And it was just really cool. Uh, yes, you in the second row, or in the first row in the sweatshirt. Uh, uh, ah, <laughs> Tim, you're not Tim. Tim was white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, who would be the James Harden and Russell Westbrook of the wizarding world? <sighs> okay. Well, we've already discussed Russell Westbrook for people that don't know. James Harden, that bearded man who is screaming. He is someone that is very good at basketball, but also a lot of people are very mad at him because of the way he does it. So I'm trying to think of a wizard that's like very good and unconventional and makes a lot doesn't of people that, upset. Doesn't that feel like Harry Potter playing? It does, kind of. It's like someone who's like flaunting the rules, who has so much like the responsibility on their side. A lot of people in basketball say that like the refs gives Harden a lot of stuff because he like almost travels. And it feels like all the times where like Harry almost died but they didn't and got the snitch and everyone's like, I got attacked by a Dementor. And they're like, we don't care. Harry Potter wins. That feels very uh, James Harden. That could work. Oh, man, this is hard. I'm going to throw Sirius and Lupin in for Ooh. Sirius as James Harden because, like, he's good and we like him generally, but he also does some really shitty things and right. sometimes yeah, he's frustrating yeah. to watch. And then Lupin as Russell Westbrook is maybe a little tougher, but he, I guess he, he, sh when he shoots a shot, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. Well, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's bad at shooting. As everybody knows, Russell Westbrook is a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard, man. Yeah. It's hard because the only like wild people that are like doing spells all over the place would be like one of the Death Eaters. So like I don't want to go take away the racist sides of Death Eaters because Russell Westbrook, not racist. But I feel like Westbrook could be who's the werewolf death eater? Grayback. Grayback, just because Grayback's like always at a hundred. You're like, <laughs> he's running, he's biting children, he's he not even a all real, the time. He's not even a real death eater. He's like making fun of Harry. He's messing stuff up. Like he's ruining the plans. Like I feel like if you take the the negative connotations away, I feel like Russell Westbrook could be. <laughs> Fenrir Racist and cannibalist, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And, and also, Just put those aside. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, vampire. All right. yeah. yeah, here in the front row. Ooh. What is the signature drink of the Potterless Podcast? Signature drink of the Potterless Podcast. Natty Light. I wanted to... I, <laughs> how dare you? What I, what I think it should be is like, what is... I feel like it would be a drink that like on its own is like a normal drink. Like one of those, 
one of those drinks that's like, it's just a beer, right? Like that's Harry Potter podcast industry is the beer. And then you take like, I don't want to say I'm a Jägerbomb, but this is all I can come to, but it's like, it's either Jägerbomb or Sackerbomb where like you add a shot of like high excitable energy and then you're like, oh God, this shouldn't work. And then you sip and you're like, ah, this is bad. And then another sip and you're like, wait a second. This podcast isn't that bad. Oh, his microphone's better now. Oh, he learned how to edit. Oh, he downloaded new software. Oh, he finally learned that Harry Potter's 14 in the fourth book and not 13. (laughs) When you were talking about beer, I really thought you were going to be like, that's it. (laughs) I'm not boring. (laughs) Uh, Yes, over here. Uh, Hello, Charles. Good. (laughs) Oh, whoa. I'm so glad you said evil and not racist. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I've got a very simple question for all three of you guys. Who is your least favorite character uh, in the entire series? Ooh, okay. Um, for a long time, I think that Hermione was not written really well. And like, as a young boy, when I was ready as like a preteen boy, I just like, who is this girl? And like, eventually, I came around to it. But like, I remember distinctly being like, Hermione's just a curmudgeon, and like, I guess, and trying to make everyone not have fun. And I like, I know that not doesn't answer your question, but I think like it kind of resonates and is a shocking answer. <laughs> Do you have one for least favorite? Yeah, yeah, I had to brainstorm, but I. So I don't think the least favorite like is necessarily evil for me because like the evil characters are sort of you, you recognize them as that. I think that the more compelling and definitely my least favorite character is um, someone like Slughorn, who I can't stand the the sort of... There's a couple of things. I can't stand the collecting people because I feel it's like gross. I know people, especially in my job, who like try to do that, and Ugh. it's so frustrating when they just name drop, like, oh, I just got lunch with this person. That's like pure Slughorn. And then the other thing is the like weird grifting, even though he's like probably pretty financially well off, right? Like... He, you know, he's been a professor and he knows all these people or whatever, and yet he's still like trying to steal Hagrid's dead pet's tears or something, or blood or whatever, for like to to make money. So I think Slughorn is probably the one who just like he showed some promise, but then when he just like does those two things, it's it's more realistic to me than someone who's pure evil and just like really, really uh grinds my gears. I don't like I don't like Slughorn. Oh, steams your nuggets, hey! That's what I said the first time. Steams my nuggets. I was also going to say Slughorn, so good choice. He's also my least favorite. Yeah, I just think like he's—it's even worse than Snape than just like seeming to be like, oh yeah, he's like kind of a good Slytherin. Like he's—he's he's really gross and really bad. And like if he had just swallowed his pride earlier on, like you could have saved a lot of lives if you just told Dumbledore right up, like, hey, I kind of told Tom Riddle what Horcruxes are, and he seemed to be very excited by that. Uh, maybe we should look into this. So that's my vote. If I have to pick someone different, just end this. I'll say uh, McNair, because he tried to kill Buckbeak, and that was rude. So that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for these wonderful questions. We are going to go. But before we go, I want to say a huge shout out to uh, Comedy Sports Houston, CSE Houston here, for putting us up in this wonderful arena here. I used to perform improv here. I had a great time. They do awesome stuff. If you've never seen a comedy sports show or any of the other improv shows they do here, it's fantastic. They do improv workshops and lessons and a whole bunch of really fun stuff. I did comedy sports for many years. Loved it always. Come see a show here. It's very fun. But thanks again to them so much for giving us the space and letting us set up and doing all the tech stuff and putting up with us. So Ben, Benji, Samir, every single person at CC who's in the midst possible. Thank you so much. That is huge. Like... This couldn't have happened without them, so that was 
fantastic. They went above and beyond. So shout out to them. Big round of applause for Johnny and Eric. What a wonderful people to have on stage with me. And thanks to all of you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. Like, this is absolutely wild. The fact that you came out here and sold out the show made it feasible for Eric to take a flight down here to be in Houston for 36 hours. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so... Thank you all so much. You're helping us do such big things, and we're going to wrap it up here. Again, we'll be at Woodrow's, which is like a seven-minute walk away. Catch us there. We'll be here doing, like, say hi, pictures, whatever, but we want to, like, get out of here and not let them, let them clean up and stuff. But before we leave, as they say, in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter... During November nuttiness! Varying, yeah, as they cut down the nets from the baskets <laughs> in November nuttiness. <gasps> Wizard Are you unable to attend Potterless Live in Phoenix because you don't live in or near Phoenix? Well, if you live in Los Angeles or Austin, Texas, you should head on over to multitude.production/live because we have some information that might interest you. Potterless is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Klaus Lopu, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfili, Rosemary, Dodge Marie, Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadenier, Audra Elnor Curlin, Rossanne Batamana, Nikita Power, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary. Pulido, Orchid Grower, Vivian the Owl, Takari Arant, Haley Hastings, Moster, Ingen, Oddstadter, Alex Consulver, John Kotker, Noel Basile, Emily Tyrell, Liz Bigelow, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Glory Gillum, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Frida J. Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Summer Rathel, Andrea Crock, Lynn Walker, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Ned Atabani, Zeno Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia Addy, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amid Alfred, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Placky, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Aaron. Richter, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Lindsay Towning, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Maya, Kieran, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Floor Sake, Siri Skiaras for Georgia, Peter Wyckoff, Skylar Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Thread, Ellie Hoskovchova, Daniel Fulkerson, Lee Lily, Elizabeth Christofferson, Michael David Yordi, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly O'Till, Carrie Crumpler, Connie Beankowski, Mary Matil, Jennifer Went, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Samantha Lenz, Kayla M. Simino, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Out of Context 69, Marco Cepeda, Hannah Zeters, Courtney Spilker, Victoria McCormick, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabriel. Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Anna Penalber, Alvarez, Fake Valentine, Brianna Jordan, Jenny, Sarah Saunders, McKenna Tweedy, Mary Joy Moa, Heather, Weekend at Day, Cat Ladies, Javi Guadalupe, Trejo III, Darlene Kerr, Brad Harding, Thomas Chavara, Charlotte, Brianna Cusimano, Kevin Stewart, Lori McDonald, Chrissy Tew, Bugaboo, Jarl Sviven, Haley Logan, Emma, Ashley Enstrom, Peter McGrath, Sophie Duda, Jack McMahon, Jane and Rose Dow, Nicole Linzer, Callahan and Darius, Kylo the Husky, Leah Reed, Melissa Rabb, Jordy Wright, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Bill Gill, Elizabeth Yu, Britt McLean, Molly Bautista, Kayla Spry, Steamed Nugget. And can't I Potter? Web design by Kelly Beckman. And the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at facebook.com slash Potterless, twitter.com slash Potterless pod, instagram.com slash Potterless podcast, and reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. For all information about the show, you can go to Potterlesspodcast.com. For bonus content, you go to patreon.com slash Potterless. And for merch, you can go to bit.ly slash merch on. If you want to get tickets to Potterless Live in Phoenix, go to bit.ly slash Potterless PHX. If you want to tell someone about the show, whether it's online, through a review, or in person, that really does help. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, as I say in the words in the world of Harry Potter, Wizard on! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.